And welcome to another edition of Queued Up. It is Monday, December 19th, 2022. Quinton Pelzel with you as I have a ton to talk about. It was an exciting week 15 for some fans and for some other fans like the Jets. It was not a good weekend. And we'll get into that. We'll talk about the Giants, their huge win on Sunday Night Football last night. And then we'll also talk about the prospects of each of these local teams and their playoff chances. And if we have time later on, we'll talk about some baseball or maybe even some Knicks basketball as well. But I do want to start with the good news first, and that is that the Giants won yesterday. They have basically solidified themselves as either the sixth or the seventh seed in the NFC and will most likely make the playoffs. I think there's like an 80% chance now that the Giants are going to be making the playoffs. So after that win, their playoff chances are extremely high. As for the Commanders, they're still sitting in that seventh seed, I believe, but only a half a game up on the Lions and other teams that are trying to overtake the Commanders. But basically, the Giants needed to win last night, and they did that. So huge, huge win on the road in Washington. A tough place to play. Jones and Barkley, they were great. Richie James made some catches on third down. And then in the game that they needed him the most, Kayvon Thibodeau finally shows why the Giants took him with the fifth overall pick in the draft this past year. Thibodeau, we've seen flashes of him too. We've seen flashes of him. I think it was the Cowboys game that he did pretty well in and even a couple games before that, but they've been few and far in between. But yesterday, or last night rather, was more of the game that we expected to see out of Thibodeau when the Giants took him at number five overall. He was a game wrecker. In the first half, he had that strip sack, recovered his own fumble, and took it into the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, he was the sole reason why the Giants were in that game in the first half. Daniel Jones was good. Saquon Barkley was good, especially on that last drive of the game where the Giants needed to run some clock out and get the ball into the end zone, and they did that. Saquon Barkley was tremendous. Daniel Jones didn't make any mistakes. He didn't turn the ball over. And he was able to find the open guys on third down. Richie James, as I mentioned earlier, he was amazing. And the rest of the Giants' defense was great. The Giants did get the benefit of some calls late. You had that illegal formation call called against Terry McLaurin, where he thought that he was lined up on the line of scrimmage, but the referee, who was however many feet away from him, said he wasn't. That was one of those plays where I thought at the time it was a little tic-tac because If you just take a look throughout the game, throughout the course of an NFL game, they have that line of scrimmage that you can see on the TV. It's sometimes black, sometimes it's red. I think on Sunday Night Football, it was red for the Washington Commanders. But basically, so that line of scrimmage, you need the wide receiver on that line. And most of the time, none of the wide receivers line up on that line. They're maybe a couple yards off, but the referee says they're on because it looks like they're on, and it really doesn't matter. But the referee called it in that moment as the commander scored that touchdown. So the touchdown got called back, and then the last play of the game, Taylor Heineke throws it to the end zone, and there's obvious pass interference on Jahan Dotson by Darnay Holmes, but it was not called, and that's how the game ends, 20-12. to So the Giants getting the benefit of two monumental calls late in the game, and they get it done. A win is a win at the end of the day for the Giants, so really good for the Giants and their fans, and now they're sitting 
pretty good in the NFC as the sixth seed. I think at worst, they'll end with a seventh seed. They have the Vikings, the Colts, and the Eagles left. I think that Vikings game on New Year's Eve is going to be a little difficult. But Colts, I mean, the Colts collapsed tremendously, historically yesterday or two days ago against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll get into that game a little later as we go around the league. But the Giants have the Vikings, the Colts, and the Eagles coming up. And if the Giants go 1-2, and there's a really good chance that they'll be in. If they lose against the Vikings, fine. They got to beat the Colts. And then who knows even that last week of the season, if the Eagles have that number one overall seed wrapped up, if they'll even play Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and the rest of their starters. So that could still be a game where the Giants could win even though the Eagles will probably at that point have still the best record in the NFL. So the Giants are sitting in a really good spot right now, and it's thanks to really good play by Daniel Jones, by Saquon Barkley, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, who was the leader of that defense. He was probably the best player on defense yesterday on that field, and that's even considering that they have guys like um, Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen. Chase Young, I know, didn't play, but... That defensive line for the Commanders is known around the league as being probably the best. And Kayvon Thibodeau on the Giants' side was probably the best player on defense in the entire game. So that combination fueled the Giants' victory. They'll be playing next against the Vikings, as I just said, on Christmas Eve. And now we'll get into the Jets. And for as good as the Giants' win was, that was as bad of a loss as the Jets was yesterday. A horrendous loss against the Lions. And now they basically need to win out the rest of the way. That starts with this game coming up against the Jaguars on Thursday night football. But they need to win out and then they need help. Other teams need to lose. And that's even if the Jets are able to pull off a three-game winning streak, which right now... It does not seem like the case, especially if they have Zach Wilson as their quarterback. They desperately need Mike White back. I know Zach Wilson played pretty well in the first half. It was fine. He had that nice throw across the field um, you know, to CJ Uzama when he was rolling out left, and then he threw it back to the right. That was great. That was an awesome throw. That was probably the best throw that he's made this season. But it was in the second half after he threw that interception that Everything just went downhill, and it was even before that, too. I know Wilson had that really good throw in the first half, but you could just see that something is just so off with Wilson. He is missing throws left and right, throws that any average NFL quarterback can make. They're not tough throws. He's in the pocket. He's fine. He has plenty of time to throw, and he just cannot hit the open receiver. We saw in the second half that he did the same thing that he was doing three weeks ago when he got benched. He just spiked a ball to the running back running out in the flat. Like, you cannot do that if you're an NFL quarterback. That's something you see in high school. You see quarterbacks choke the ball or throw it way over, um, you know, a five-yard out wide receiver's head. That's what you see. That's what you see in high school. Sometimes you see that in college, but you never see that in the NFL. And I feel like you see that every single week with Zach Wilson when he is out on the field. He doesn't make smart decisions. He doesn't make quick decisions. And everyone is talking about how Wilson is so much better than Joe Flacco. I'm not even considering Mike White. He is He's hurt, and he can't be on the field anyway. But if it was up to me, I would have put in Joe Flacco, personally. 
I would have started Flacco. I wouldn't even have started Wilson because we know three weeks ago that whatever was plaguing him, if it was the yips or if it was something mentally or physically, something with his mechanics, there's no way that you can change that in three weeks. And we were going off the assumption that everything was fine with Wilson. Robert Sala was saying that Wilson has made um, substantial progress, but we didn't really see any progress at all. He was just going against the Lions' defense, which is horrible. They made the Lions' defense yesterday look like the 85 Bears' defense. So it's just it's just really bad. If you had a competent quarterback back there, like Joe Flacco, and I know Flacco is not great. I know Flacco sucks too. But Wilson is one of the worst NFL quarterbacks I've ever seen. At least Joe Flacco at the beginning of the year, he had three 300-plus yard games. He can play a little bit. He's competent. And if he was playing yesterday, um, they would have won that game. And a lot of people were saying that Flacco can't move, Flacco can't move. But did you see Wilson yesterday? Especially in the second half, he was just stuck in the pocket. He has no pocket awareness at all. There were a couple plays where he ran out, but uh, especially on the last drive of the game where he rolled out on that fourth down and just hucked it up in the air downfield and completed it. And we'll talk about the clock management in a little bit, but for the most part yesterday, Wilson didn't even move out of the pocket, so it wouldn't have even mattered. Put Joe Flacco in there. He'll make quick decisions. He'll make the right decisions. And more importantly, or the most important thing, is that he makes accurate throws. Zach Wilson does not do that. And it just sucks because this team is so much better than what they've put out on the field over the past three to four weeks. And they should be in the playoffs. But right now, they're on the outside looking in, and things are looking very bad. Another another thing I want to talk about about that game, aside from the quarterback play, which I can go on forever for. We just don't have enough time. What the heck is Robert Sala thinking? In that fourth quarter, Jets have three timeouts. This is after the Jets' defense gives up that horrendous fourth and inches 50-yard touchdown to one of the slowest players on the field, their tight end. I don't even know what his name is. The Jets' defense gives up the touchdown, lines up 20-17. to Here we are, three timeouts left, just under two minutes to go, and the Jets do not use a timeout on a 20-yard completion down the field to Garrett Wilson it takes them 30 to 35 seconds to get on the ball and by this point there's now 50 seconds you still have all three timeouts and then at the end of the game they still had one timeout on the table and it very easily could have been two the Jets called a timeout with one second left after Zach Wilson scrambled around for 15 seconds and finally converted on that fourth and 19 but I mean, what is Robert Sala thinking when you complete it 25 yards down the field? It's going to take 15 to 20 seconds for you to get on the ball, and that's not even counting the time that it takes to actually process what play call is coming in and get everybody lined up. So by that point, it's 30 seconds off the clock. Why not take a timeout? You have two more left anyway, and take the timeout and get all settled in. That was just a terrible clock management job by Sala, and I know after the game he admitted that he screwed up, and that's great to see accountability from the coach, but that just cannot happen in these types of games because so often we see the Jets now lose these games because they don't know how to win. I've been going back and forth on what I think is the, you know, who is more to blame. Is it Robert Sala with his clock management at the end of the game? Is it Zach Wilson, his quarterback play in the second half? Or is it the play call with Matt LaFleur after 
Wilson throws that interception in the second half. He basically now calls just conservative plays, doesn't want to call plays that call for um, throws down the field. He's more conservative with Zach Wilson, and that just cannot happen in a game that the Jets absolutely needed to win. So LaFleur is partially to blame. Robert Sala is partially to blame. Zach Wilson is partially to blame. And then the Jets' defense in the fourth quarter, I know they were great all day. They gave up yardage, but they did not give up the touchdowns until the last play of the game. And it just sucks because when the Jets needed their defense the most, they didn't come through. And I can't really say the defense was horrible yesterday because the defense was the reason why they're in the game just because of how inept this Jets offense was. But it just sucks because they were great all game and then they gave up the touchdown when they could not afford to give up that touchdown. It was just a terrible time to have that. And then lastly, something I haven't even talked about yet, was how bad the Jets' punter is in Braden Mann. At the beginning of the game, I know the Jets were pinned back on their own one-yard line, so it's going to be tough to punt the ball out of their own end zone. Mann takes it. He does punt it away, but it's right to Khalif Raymond, who's the punt returner. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen it yet, this is probably the easiest punt return you're ever going to see. I think I can go back there and return it all the way to the house. He was not even touched. No one was even close to him. And he was into the end zone in about five seconds. He didn't even look like he broke a sweat. Like, it was so easy. That is the easiest I've ever seen a punt returner take it all the way to the house. Normally, they'll make some juke moves, some spin moves to get away initially, but Raymond just caught it and just bolted up the field, no one even close to him, and just like that, the Jets were down 7 nothing. Just like that. Braden Mann, week after week, puts this team in a terrible spot. He had that punt three weeks ago against the Patriots that went all the way to the house when he should have punted it out of bounds, and it just seems like every other punt is a shank out of bounds, and you just can't have that from your punter. Like, your punter needs to be one of your best players. You know, it sounds weird to say, but he does need to be one of the best players just because it it means so much. Like, it's so underrated to have a good punter that can pin a team back or punt it out of bounds when they need to or give your punting unit a chance to get down the field, and he didn't do that, and he doesn't do that routinely. I'm surprised he's even still on this team. Like, why haven't the Jets cut this guy yet? He was a sixth-round pick. They're not paying him that much anyway. Just release him and get another punter that knows what he's doing. There's no way that man is going to be here next year, in my opinion. He's just put this team routinely in a terrible spot. So the combination of the Jets special teams... Zach Wilson sucking in the second half and sucking overall. And Robert Sala, the Jets defense choking in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be enough to lose the game. And what is the most frustrating thing about this game was that the Jets should have won. And they should have won the last two games. And if Mike White was starting, yes, they definitely would have won. They definitely would have. I have no doubt about it. Mike White is way more competent than Wilson or Flacco. They, they would have won, for sure. And it just sucks because I also think that if Joe Flacco was starting, the Jets would have won as well. Zach Wilson's just horrible, and I really do hope Mike White is healthy for Thursday. It just doesn't look like it, and I think the Jets are going to be going with Wilson. If it was up to me, I'd go with Flacco if White isn't available, but I just don't think the Jets are going to do that. They're just enamored by Zach Wilson and what he could potentially end up being. 
But as I said earlier, the Jets cannot afford to look towards the future. They can't afford that. They're in a playoff spot right now. They're in a playoff race right now. Next year, the year after that, it does not matter. Who cares about next year? You got to give your team the best chance to win right now. And for me, that's Joe Flacco, if Mike White is not healthy. Zach Wilson should be nowhere near an NFL field. We got a few minutes to go here, and I just want to go around the NFL, talk about this Vikings-Colts game happened on Saturday. Vikings 36, Colts 33. And if you don't know already, the Colts were up 33 to nothing in the first half and ended up losing to the Minnesota Vikings 36 to 33. And it just seems like every single week this Minnesota Vikings team is knee-deep in a game that goes to the wire, goes to the fourth quarter, goes to overtime. It's either they're up big and they give it up or they're down big and they come back. Justin Jefferson is great. Kirk Cousins, I know he's made fun of a lot in the NFL. A lot of people use him as a meme, but he's a good quarterback, especially at home. If you've been with me um, this entire season on my podcast, I love the Vikings at home. They didn't look good in the first half. Like I don't know if a team can pull off routinely what the Vikings do. I mean, they looked horrible in the first half. They looked absolutely out of it in the first half and then just did a complete 180 and turned into what we think the Vikings are, which are which is a very good team, playoff team that should probably go pretty deep in the playoffs, especially when you have an offense like the Vikings do. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, I mean, those guys, that trio is probably the best trio in the NFL. I think hands down, um, no doubt about it, best trio, better than Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and whoever. I mean, Justin Jefferson right now is the best wide receiver in the NFL. There's no question about that. Dalvin Cook, very good. He's been very good. And if you take a look at Kirk Cousins' stats, like year in, year out, his stats are up there with the best in the league. So this Vikings team is going to be good. And they pulled off a really, really exciting win on Saturday. Rest of the NFL, we have a couple minutes left here. Patriots lose in a comical fashion. As bad as the Jets were yesterday, and I was really down after that Jets loss, the Patriots did put a smile on my face. Um, It was a tie game, and if you don't know yet, if you haven't listened to the radio call, you have to go do it for both teams. The Raiders were tied with the Patriots. The game was looking like it was going to go into overtime. They hand it off to Stevenson, the Patriots do. As time expires, then Stevenson laterals it to Jacoby Myers, and Myers throws it all the way back towards his own end zone, and it's picked off by Chandler Jones. Jones then stiff arms and pile drives Mac Jones into the ground on his way into the end zone to score with time expired, and that's how the Raiders win it. A walk-off touchdown with Jacoby Myers completely had his head in the clouds on that. I have no clue what he was thinking, but the Raiders end up winning. They beat the Patriots, and that at least helps out the Jets a little bit because the Patriots have beaten the Jets twice this year. They have the tiebreaker, and of course, the Jets are behind the Patriots, so that was just an embarrassing, embarrassing loss for the Patriots up there with um, what happened in Miami a few years ago when it was that walk-off Hail Mary with Rob Gronkowski all the way back as the last line of defense, and you have him tripping over himself with the Dolphins scored in that last play. That was a funny play, but I think this is funnier. 
That'll do it for me on this Monday podcast. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy Monday night football tonight between the Packers and the Rams. Basically has no playoff implications at all. I don't think anyone's going to be watching it unless you have um, a bet on it or fantasy playoffs on it like I do. And then you just got to hope and pray that Mike White plays on Thursday. If not, we'll probably see Zach Wilson. And it's just going to be up to him trying to limit the turnovers, trying to pick off a really good Jaguars team that got a win yesterday against the Cowboys in overtime. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week. I'll see you on Friday.